yeah, I mean, I don't ever stop to say, do I like right where I'm, I mean, I'm going to go right inside and, and tonight we're going to be here till two in the morning. And if I loved where I was at, then I'd probably go home for dinner at six. So maybe that's a way to answer it. I, I, I like the guys that we've talked with and our plan, but I do think um, the hay's not in the barn. I think there's there's going to be a number of players that uh, that'll be on this waiver wire that we've got to look closely at and then make the comparisons versus that gets back to what we discussed, you know, a month ago about, you know, competing against the whole league rather than just your own position group. That's right. The hay is not yet in the barn for the Denver Broncos, and it's certainly not in the barn at Not Another Bucking Podcast because uh, we're always coming fresh with new episodes. Uh, took took the weekend off. Appreciated all of you guys uh, who um, who have listened and uh, continue to kind of support the show. Um, we're back this week with two more episodes, including uh, today where we will go over the Broncos initial 53 man roster that was set on Tuesday afternoon by uh, coach Sean Payton, general manager, George Payton and their respective staffs. And the biggest thing to know about the roster um, as you, as you surely have seen it by now is that it is very much a work in progress. Uh, for one, it does not have a kicker on it. So you typically need one of those on an NFL team. Uh, the Broncos have tr uh, will trade for Will Lutz. That will become official tomorrow, at which point they'll have to make a corresponding move on the roster. The Broncos currently only have four wide receivers on their roster. Um, and one of those is Jerry Judy, who in good news Tuesday, we found out will not have to go on IR with the hamstring injury that he suffered last Thursday in the joint practice against the Rams. But his status for week one against the Raiders uh, on September 10th, less than two weeks away, uh, is very much up in the air. And I would venture to say probably will not be ready for that game. Again, we haven't heard that officially. Um, but but I don't think he'll my, – my personal view is I don't think he'll be ready for week one. So that gives you three healthy wide receivers on the active roster at this moment. So we know – that the Broncos, who, by the way, have 13 defensive backs on this initial roster, are still going to do um, a lot of maneuvering. Uh, one of the things that they did today as well was they released um, three vested veterans, meaning guys with at least four years of experience, um, who um, will be are, who will be set, signed back to the roster on Wednesday. That is the plan for now. Um, Mike Purcell, the defensive tackle, offensive lineman Quinn Bailey, and as well as uh, defensive back Fabian Moreau. Those players, because they have um, the required service time in the league, are not subject to waiver waiver claims by other teams. So essentially, the Broncos can say, hey, we're waiving you. We'd, we'd like to sign you back tomorrow after they put uh, a few guys on injured reserve. So again, to, to, to be on the 53-man roster, uh, and not and not be out for this. To, to, I'm sorry to go on injured reserve and not have it be season ending. You have to be on the roster for at least one day. And so the Broncos have a number of candidates uh, for IR, including Riley Moss, the rookie cornerback who hasn't participated in much of training camp as he over, uh, works through a core muscle surgery that he had uh, early last month or late last month. Um, and then you also have uh, PJ Locke the safety who, who has been rehabbing an ankle injury for the last couple of weeks, as well as Kwan Williams, who had surgery this week uh, on an ankle injury of his own. 
And while he will avoid season ending IR, which is another good sign for the Broncos, he's going to be out for some time. So those three players will probably go on IR tomorrow. And then you will have our, our Wednesday, I should say, uh, if you're listening to this Wednesday, they will go on IR at some point Wednesday. And then those veterans will be brought back. But again, even with those guys coming back, there are a number of, of players that the Broncos are still going to add. Lutz is one. They are going to probably add at least one more new wide receiver to the team. So this roster that got set today um, came with a lot of caveats by Sean Payton, who made it very clear that the Broncos were just in the very initial stages of cobbling together the team that will take the field against the Raiders on September 10th. But let's go through just, just a couple of, I guess, bullet points um, for today to just, to just kind of paint a picture. We're not going to go through every player that's on this initial 53 man roster. Um, you guys have seen them by now. And that, that would take, um, that would take far too much of your time to, to do so. Um, but one of the big takeaways from this was there are four undrafted rookies on this roster running back Jaleel McLaughlin, who is the star of training camp, who, we, who we all knew by about maybe the 10th of August that this guy was going to be on the team. Great story. A guy who, you know, in his youth, uh, had, had bouts of homelessness after his mother lost her job in the factory. They slept in a a Ford focus for three months as, as the family kind of got things together, but, but continue to support one another support Jaleel who started his career at Notre Dame college, not the Notre Dame you're thinking of Notre Dame college in Ohio uh, division two school set all kinds of records. there. transferred to Youngstown state uh, of the FCS level for his final two seasons, continue to set more records became ultimately the all time leading rusher in NCAA history um, and, and was just superb during training camp, earned every bit of his way on the team. Um, we saw that coming. A couple other guys that turned into surprises. One was Nate Adkins, the tight end. The Broncos, and we'll get a little bit more to this in a second, but the Broncos traded Albert Okuwebunam to the Eagles uh, on Tuesday afternoon. They were going to waive him. They were going, you know, they were going to they were going to cut him from the team um, anyway. And then, but but they found a you know a, a team in the Eagles. Uh, way down the priority waiver or waiver order that probably wouldn't have had a great chance to claim him um, went ahead and traded the Broncos a sixth round pick in 2025 to get back Okuwe Bunam um, and a seventh round pick in 2025. So the Broncos really liked what Nate Adkins brings. He, right. He was an undrafted rookie out of South Carolina who um, really a good blocker can kind of play that fullback position. Sean Payton says that he can, he can play on the ball or off of it a little bit better off of it, but he can play in multiple uh, positions for them. Got good, has good hands. Um, they've just been really impressed with how quickly he's picked things up. And he's one of these guys that just sort of finds a way to get the job done. Might not always be pretty. He's not the most athletic guy on the roster for sure. Um, but just really like the versatility that he has brought. So he's, he's one of four tight ends in that room, along with Greg Dulcich, Adam Troutman and Chris Manhurts. Um, the other, uh, another undrafted rookie made the team was Thomas Incombe. Uh, one of the somewhat surprising cuts was that outside linebacker. We knew that Randy Gregory, Frank Clark, Nick Benito, and Jonathan Cooper were, were the top four. Those guys were all going to be on the roster. I had Aaron Patrick, the, the veteran who's a really core special teams player for this team in the past, making the team. He did not. Instead, it was Thomas Incombe uh, out of Central Michigan, who had 11 and a half sacks last year, um, a lot of teams pursued him after the draft in the in the in the college free agency period. 
The Broncos gave him a $180,000 signing bonus. It was the largest they gave to any of those guys in their class. So you knew that they had an idea that this guy would be somebody who, who would have a pathway to the roster. Um, and he went out and proved it in camp. You know, that nothing nothing overly flashy, but a guy who just kind of was, was consistent, um, was able to create pressure. Uh, and, and did enough for them to say we we want a longer look at this at this guy who who's also going to be again uh, have to have to really make a mark on special teams and then fourth undrafted free agent to make the team is Alex Palchuski. It's not often that undrafted offensive linemen make NFL rosters. You know, usually if guys uh, are, are good enough to kind of be at that level in their first year, those are the guys getting drafted. And so for for him to make that fifty three man roster right out of camp. Um, it, it just shows you what they thought of him. Again, a guy who had a ton of experience playing at the University of Illinois across six seasons, had started 65 games, a Big Ten record. Um, so he just has um, a, a know-how. Again, not not an overly fluid athlete, but just kind of has this way of getting the job done is the way that Sean Payton has put it. So um, Palchuski may also have to go on IR. There, there, uh, he, he had a hand injury in Saturday's blowout of the Rams. So that could be a pathway. But again, the, the fact that he is on this initial 53 shows that the Broncos wanted him around, didn't want to risk, even, even if he was slightly injured, didn't want to risk losing him uh, on waivers if, if they had let him go. So that that was kind of a big part of it, right? It's a team record for the Broncos for undrafted rookie free agents. Um, just a little bit more on the trade to Albert Okue Munam that we talked about. You know, this was a guy who who lit it up on Saturday night at the Broncos preseason finale. Seven catches, 109 yards, a touchdown. He looked like the kind of guy that the, when the Broncos drafted him in the fourth round in 2020, they thought he could potentially be. I mean, he's six foot six. He runs a four foot four forty. He can he can go get the ball. The talent is there as a pass catcher, but there was something of a redundancy on Denver's roster. They have that guy in Greg Dulcich, who who is a, a even crisper route runner, uh, probably has better hands. Um, and, and is, and then they have two other guys in Troutman and Manhurts or three other guys, excuse me, in Trout, Troutman, Manhurts and, and Nate Atkins, who are much better blockers than Okuwe Bunam is. He just could not get that part of his game to the level that he needed to, to, to be in this, to be successful in this offense. And so again, I, I think they just didn't see a pathway for Albert Okuwe Bunam to, to play a lot on this team. So with just one year left on his rookie deal, he goes to Philadelphia where he'll have a chance to crack. Uh, that room with the defending NFC champs. Um, some of the other takeaways, I, I mentioned it a second ago, but Jerry Judy being not on IR is a big deal, right? If he, he suffered the hamstring injury, can come with a four to six week window typically for recovery. Uh, but again, hamstrings can be fickle. And, but they are, they are betting on the fact that, hey, he's going to be able to be back sometime before that week five game against the Jets. If he had gone if he if he were to go on IR tomorrow, he would have to miss at least the first four games. The Broncos are saying, "Hey, at the very worst, we think he would be back by maybe that October 1st road game at the Bears in week 3." And so we're willing to carry him on the roster for 2 weeks so that he'd be available for that for that game. Or I'm sorry, Chicago week 4 on October 1st or maybe he's back September 24th in in, in week 3 against the Dolphins on the road. So they're willing to, to potentially carry him on the roster for a couple of weeks in order to make sure that, you know, that, that he can be back as soon as he is able, as soon as his body is, it allows him to be, as opposed to having to wait for the IR rules to say, Hey, um, now he, he's able to come back and play. Um, so, so those were, those were some of the, some of the big, I think, key takeaways for today um, in terms of some of the players who did not make it again, 
there were there were four wide receivers who got cut today who are cut today and yesterday uh tuesday and monday who who we thought at various time at various points had good chances to make the team marquez Callow marquez calloway and lil jordan humphrey are two players that had played for sean payton with the saints um in over the past couple of years um both of them got let go again we think that that, that they will make their way back to the rot perhaps on the practice squad um but but not on the active roster to start kendall hinton um everybody knows the emergency quarterback for the broncos in 2020 who turned into a um you know a pretty consistent wide receiver over the last two years almost 40 catches almost 500 total yards over those two seasons again not a not a flashy guy but somebody who is really beloved in the locker room um kind of will do everything you ask blocks really well for his size um was a little bit surprised that that he was among the first players to get let go on monday night um and, and so again that leaves you with with just those four wide receivers in the room the other thing i wanted to touch on was denver's decision to cut brett maher who as when we woke up this morning or when we woke up tuesday morning was the only kicker on denver's roster released him and traded for will lutz who kicked for uh kicked for the saints uh, from 2016 through 2022, uh, he, he missed the 2021 season uh, with a core muscle injury that he had to have surgeries and, 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 a, and a, an, an additional repair surgery at one point that kept him out for all of 2021. Um, but that means he kicked five seasons for Sean Payton from 2016 to 2020, uh, played in all 80 of those of those games during that th those five seasons. Uh, he was a pro bowler in 2019 uh, and made some really big kicks for the saints during those five years some some really clutch kicks uh in, in meaningful games in addition to, to having an 87 percent field goal conversion rate um during those first five seasons of his career um you know which just for comparison brandy mcmanus the the kicker that the broncos decided to let go in the spring um and to start a new search for for his replacement he had a 80 81 conversion rate during his first five years in the league so Will Lutz is a guy who has been consistent, who has been uh, durable. Now he did have a rough year in 2022. He he made uh, he missed eight of his 31 field goal attempts, uh, just around 75. percent It was the worst uh, single season field goal efficiency of his career. Um, you know, but Sean Payton said today he was still very much dealing with some of the the after effects as he was coming back from that core muscle injury. They believe that he is fully healed from that. Um, he had a uh, a training camp competition with the undrafted rookie for the saints who, who ultimately was the one that they went with. And that meant Will Lutz became available. There were, were numerous teams that were interested in acquiring him again, a number of teams around the league. We've talked about this have had kicking competitions throughout training camp. Uh, and, and we're looking at him as, Hey, if, if they let this guy go, um, that then he, he's a player given his experience level that the teams were going to want to pounce on. And of course that connection was always there. Sean Payton said, Hey, if this guy had been available sort of at the beginning of our, of our process of finding a new kicker um, you know, they probably would have jumped on him right away, but, but they had to kind of wait and see how that, how that played out uh, for the saints. Um, the Broncos, again, he, he, they're going to have a $1.7 million cap hit. Uh, that they take on with with Will Lutz, so a little bit more than what they were going to pay Brett Maher, but but quite a bit less um, than I believe the three point four million dollar cap hit that Brandon McManus was going to have before 
they released him. Um, so again, the Broncos, I think we're always looking for, for a veteran kicker, right? And, and Sean Payton, there's just certain positions. It seems as though he, he wants that kind of that comfort, that trust level, like will, will Lutz has, uh, been a guy once again, who has made some big kicks for him in the past, um, outside of 2022 has, has been reliable, but it doesn't come without risk, right? Like he had that 2022 season where, where they, where he struggled. He did not play in 2021. Um, so, so this is going to be kind of his opportunity to come back and show that he's, he's fully the kind of kicker that he was during his first five seasons in the league. Um, and it's an, it's an important position. The Broncos believe they're going to be better offensively. They think they're going to be better in close games than they were a year ago when they were four and nine in contests decided by seven points or less. And then that's going to mean you're, you're probably going to have to lean on your kicker to make some, uh, some really clutch kicks. And so they've gone with, with Will Lutz and hoping that he is going to be that guy. And, and um, we'll see, but again, he'll come on the roster Wednesday. They'll have to make another move, um, you know, to kind of make that work and the roster shuffling will just go on and on. So, so where does that leave us now? Right. As the Broncos have, have kind of cobbled together this roster, we've talked about some of the, you know, the things that might change a little bit, they might go out and add a wide receiver. So there is going to be some tinkering around the edges, but this is the team by and large, the Broncos are going to have carrying into week one against the Raiders again on September 10th at Empower Field at mile high. We are getting close. Um, I, I think this team has the top end talent and, and, and coaching um, to be a playoff team if it stays relatively healthy. Uh, I think from what my own, own eyes have seen in Russell Wilson in this training camp versus what he did a year ago under Nathaniel Hackett, I think is they're two very different, you know, month, five week long periods that, that I think portend a really strong bounce back season from Russell Wilson. I think he has, I think there's just going to be a game plan that is much more adherent to his strengths as a quarterback. I think he's buying into the idea that, that that's who he needs to be a quarterback who leans on a really effective run game, who can get out of the pocket, who will run and be decisive about using his legs when the situation calls for it. Um, one who's still going to take some of these big shots, this offense is going to produce because that's what he's always done in his career. Um, so, so I think it starts there. I also think the Broncos, this offensive line has started to con kind of come together and gel uh, over the second half of training camp. It's going into the season healthy. Um, and so that's a group that has been, you know, just significantly upgraded over the off season. I think it's ready to be a team that can really run the ball effectively. And all those things are going to make this a more dynamic offense defensively. Again, it's a veteran group that, that is dealing with some injuries, ha not having K1 Williams, for, for, you know, maybe six weeks or whatever the timeline ultimately is, is going to hurt. Uh, but Isang Bassi, you know, he, he's a guy who's going to step in and at that nickel spot, has played it before, had three interceptions during the preseason. And while a couple of those were lucky breaks, he, he has by and large made those same kind of plays throughout training camp. So there's just, it's a testament to how loaded their secondary is, something we've, we've talked about from day one of training camp. They, they have veterans at every level of the defense. You know, Zach Allen and DJ Jones and Mike Purcell on the line. Frank Clark and Randy Randy Gregory at outside linebacker. Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, the starting inside linebacker du duo. Um, you know, Pat Sertan at corner. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson uh, in at the back end at safety. Like this, this defense is loaded with talent. I, I think Vance Joseph is very familiar 
with a lot of these guys and the scheme that they're running. And it's been a collaborative effort to try to make the most of what Vance Joseph brings to the table as a, you know, as a blitz caller, as, as just sort of a, a defensive architect and also what these guys have, have learned from, from the coaches that they've had in recent years. Um, Cause a lot of them played for uh, Ijero Evero and played for Vic Fangio prior to that. So, so there's some really understanding of that, of that defense that, that we talked about on the pod with, with Jordan Rodriguez last week of, uh, of kind of that defense that's really been popularized in the NFL. So I think that the Broncos again, have enough to get into the playoffs. The biggest question is going to be whether they can remain healthy because the depth is not there yet. I, I think there's players on this team, guys like Drew Sanders, guys like Marvin Mims, who are ultimately going to become good, good contributors for this team. But, but they are not at that stage yet. And the Broncos just do not have enough at this point to, to overcome a, a lot of injuries. It's why Jerry Judy's hamstring injury um, the other day just it, it, it created a real, I guess, fear among those who, who were there that the, here we go again with these wide receiver injuries, with these injuries to key players on the team, something they've just seemingly been dealing with for years now. Again, looks like the news on him is going to be relatively good, but that's just another example of, of, of what they cannot they cannot afford. If this team stays healthy, I think this roster that they've compiled together is good enough to finally end this this six long six years of, of postseason drought. Um, but but that's that's what we ultimately have to wait and see because the Broncos have not been able to stay healthy for several years. Um, so that's going to do it for us today. We will, we'll be back again later in the week, um, to talk about the inevitable new moves that the Broncos make and, and how they start turning the focus forward to week one, uh, until then continue to, um, share, share the podcast. If you can, uh, let other people know, subscribe, leave comments, uh, interact with us on, on social media. How, however, however you get to it, we appreciate everybody who's, um, again, reached out and let us know that we're, they're listening to the podcast. It means a lot. Um, I'm Nick Kosmeyer. Thanks for listening to Not Another Bucking Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon.